Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Hello, Hockey World. How are you guys doing? Um, it's Monday, Memorial Day here in, in the United States. We weren't going to do a show today, but seems like we should have. <laughs> so um, just a couple little things happening in the world, in the hockey world. So, uh, Just a couple. Can, can we do Russ as a pre-show, right? Yeah, I do. Real quick. It's, it's, yeah. just, it's about sports. Yeah. It's about just being a basic human being and not throwing things at people. Don't throw things at Kyrie Irving. Don't throw popcorn at Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Why do people have to throw things? You're already spending enough money to be there. Do you think <laughs> there's not going to be any prosecution? Can you please stop this. This isn't like 1970, you know, 1980 something Yankee Stadium or the Vet. We're not there. Stop throwing batteries. But okay. stop. Let, okay, I agree with that. And the guy who threw a bottle of water at Kyrie Irving should be prosecuted for assault and battery. But I have to call out Kyrie Irving because Kyrie Irving is a punk. He you know he goes out at the middle of the court at the TD Garden and wipes his feet on the emblem, sort of like what Ty Terrell Owens did back in the day when he danced on the star in Dallas. And what is he doing? He's antagonizing the idiots at TD Garden to do something against them. Kyrie, so boom. That's all they have to do is boom. Yeah, but Kyrie Irving, I mean, he's apparently an intelligent guy, but I can't back him when he does stuff like, uh, you know, he sits out for no for no reason for 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 ten games, and then it, and then says it's because of social justice when it's probably probably about the fact that he, he could get away with playing not playing and and collect money. I mean, I he, the guy the guy irks me to no end because he's an extremely talented player. He makes me not want Brooklyn to win the championship because he's such a jerk. And he jilted your he jilted your favorite basketball team, Mike. Well no well, okay. We know we know the history. No, it's not that. Really it really isn't that man. Okay. But it's it uh we know that the city of Boston has a bad history when it comes to uh, race relations when it comes to sport sporting events. We know that Tom Yawkey was a racist, and he and the Boston the Red Sox were the last team to integrate in Major League Baseball. We know situations throughout the years when it comes to Red Sox African American players or players on the Patriots or players on the Celtics. I get that. I understand that. But Kyrie, you know. Say what you said before you went to Boston in a press conference. That's fine. But to go out at the end of the game after you lost game five, three, so you couldn't do it. So in game four, you go in front of the – you go on the emblem at the TD Garden and wipe your feet. You're a disrespectful – He's petulant. He's petulant. He's There's a no question about it. He's a very pet. He's petulant. He's petty. All those things are true. Yeah, doesn't justify throwing a water bottle. I I agree with no, that. Just show some impulse control. Like Kendrick Perkins played in Boston, and he had a different opinion of Boston than Kyrie Irving. So you know what? Yeah, maybe and maybe Kyrie Irving's coach should talk to him and say, "Hey, don't do that either." There you go. Yeah, That's it from my Steve Nash doesn't even coach that team. He just watches. Oh, enough. Enough. Yes. Hello. Hockey coach world. that team. We know Mike. <laughs> I, I could. Go Hello, on, hockey Kevin. World. Hello, hockey world. Hello, hockey world. It is Monday. 
May 31st, 2021. I'm Michael Agello, and I'm pissed off. Good, good, good. I'm Jan Levine, and Michael Agello is always pissed off. <laughs> I'm Anthony Mangione. I'm just going to go out and pop some popcorn here to watch Mike get pissed <laughs> off. Get a water bottle. <laughs> Russ Cohen from Sportsology. Uh, I'm Eklund. You're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast. It comes every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And why don't we save the save your your most pleasurable uh, commentary and uh, that game until last? Because I want to talk about the games on the weekend. Yeah, let's start there. I was thinking that's a good idea, and um, we'll get we'll get into. Um, Okay, Mike. Seven. Okay, Mike. We'll build it to an operatic crescendo we'll here. Build right? operatic crescendo. <laughs> we'll see the level of red on we'll Michael's face all the by the time we're that done. Was, we will start with all. We'll start with all the all the excitement that was the Colorado Avalanche versus the Vegas Golden Knights, which was last night, which was definitely a letdown of a game. Um, in a big way. Um, not for Colorado, it wasn't. Not for Colorado. I mean, you know, Colorado not showing very much rust for sure. Mm-mm. Um, there and. Uh, you know, rust versus rest, as they were saying going into the game, or what have you. Okay, uh, can I can I ask can I ask this question? Because nobody has really determined the reason why, at least not that I've heard. They start Leonard in game. Yeah. If I'm okay, if I'm Robin Leonard, I'm like I'm glad I'm making five million dollars yeah. for Golden Knights. But okay, yeah, you just played a seven game series against Minnesota. It was two days ago. You're going into game one against Colorado, who's a juggernaut, and all of a sudden Peter DeBoer says, Oh, by the way, Robin, you're starting. I would be really pissed off. They were making it seem like Boucher made it seem like they did it to rest him. That's yeah. what it that's that's hundred percent what he's 39 years old, right? And they played, played a tough seven game series. I think they're just thinking that you know you got Leonard, he's not a scrub, you know, he's the guy they, they put a lot of money into. They're putting a lot into him. It's not like he's your he's a backup in their mind, um, either. So you're in a spot now where you know they're gonna give him a shot. It, it did make they some sense. The they threw him to the walls. I made I mean I mean, if you you're going to play him in the series, that game, Michael, I don't believe it to be a white flag on Vegas's part for yeah. game one. Yeah, but it was I certainly after, and I get this was kind of what this was a form of load management for yeah. Mark Andre Fleury. I get that. I know hockey fans, you know, hate hearing the phrase load basketball terms. <laughs> exactly. Did they feel uh, he was tired? I mean, yeah. I, it, what, can you give me any other reason why you start Robin Leonard in game one? No, that's definitely why they did it. But the yeah. question is, um, Flurry has never shown. I mean, I, he's never shown an inability to just play and play and play. Like he, Flurry is unbelievable. When it comes no, they to overthought it. Act. I mean, we all agree with that. But the question is, do you think they're still winning that game with Mark Andre Flurry and Net? I don't. No. no. So no, I mean, maybe that's look, maybe that's a good calculated guess. Then maybe you're, you're, but you're just saying, okay, we're gonna let this game go and we're gonna try to well, and also you can wipe the slate clean and say look Leonard didn't have a good game you can use that argument right we'll have Florian goal next time yep that's a motivational kind of tactic that they can use to be able to wipe the slate clean after a very poor game one yeah I mean all that is true and 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 you can sit back and say at the end of the day it <clears> might work out I mean we've seen some strange st- stuff done by Montreal this playoff I mean, workout they, Vegas but. definitely had what I would call. I mean, the concern for me for Vegas was heavy legs coming into this yeah, first team, yeah. especially against a team. You know, Colorado in my mind was going to leverage their speed advantage to the fullest. It's well, the one, it's the one with the way we know that they can definitely take yeah. them. I mean, Russ, what you said to me yeah. last night regarding the speed differential of Colorado and Vegas. I mean, go on on that because that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's great. I mean, the yeah. one of my favorite parts of this game, aside from, you know, Ryan Reeves being just a giant idiot, was they threw him out on the ice to stir up trouble, and he couldn't catch anybody on the ice 
to stir up trouble. And it was a completely wasted shift. They are too slow on defense. Even guys like Petrangelo don't get up the ice the same way and activate the offense from their defense. They do long passes. Colorado has figured out, yes, we're going to let Gerard and McCarr make you guys look silly and open things up for the offense because the minute we get into the offensive zone, you can't catch us. And when we go to the far corners, we can now stretch out the ice. And they kept doing that. How many nine-minute power plays have there been? In the <laughs> I've never Just seen. Just want now. Brian Smith, one of the Flyers PR, uh, the Flyers PR pres- uh, vice president, uh, mentioned he showed. I think it was a, a series against Washington where it was. I think it was a car. It was a Dan Carcillo oh, related right. penalty. I remember and, that. And he and he showed a picture. Said eight fi- power play eight fifty six. I remember that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that, that was the one that you know. So, so a shout out obviously to Brian Smith. Well, I think that one got broken up. Like usually, whenever you see a power play like this, you have, you do see it get broken up by a penalty in the middle somewhere. You know, like somebody else, the other team will take a penalty or something like that. So well, I mean, it happen. I mean, all the all the frivolity in the third period started after the Ryan Graves hit on Yanmark, and I saw I didn't I didn't see that live. I saw the replay of that on on a gif on Twitter. And it looked borderline, but not to the point that, you know, Vegas should go out and like with machetes and trying to kill the, kill the avalanche. But I think that was just reflected of the fact. It was, that it was a dirty hit. It deserves a fine. And, right. and, and that's that. But Did it deserve the overreaction they gave. No. And it really, well, this is this, you know, what you have to look at not only cost them that game, but they're going to probably lose Reeves for the next one, at least. Yeah. They have to be a problem. Well, honestly, in this series, I don't know how much of a difference he's going yeah. to make. Probably yeah. not much. I mean, probably not much. It might be a blessing in disguise not having him in the lineup in this. Well, game. Just right now, as we're talking, don't, don't Kadri, let him play twenty minutes a night. Just in the chat, we're putting this out. I just got a text about this too. Just as we're talking, the Kadri suspension has been upheld at yeah, eight, eight games. Over, yeah. So yeah, I'm that's surprised not, they did that. That's good. That is um, significant too. I, you know, I, I'm not. It's not my, significant. Not, that's, not if they play like they did last night. Well, no, not if they play like they did last night. But it, I mean, here's the thing. You know, what we saw last night really was the effect. Very much of a tough series against Minnesota in my mind. Like oh, I, just, I think no, that no, honestly, takes away a lot from what Colorado has. That's, I'm not saying that Colorado is not better than them or they're going to win the series. I'm just saying that you have to you have to take into account the fact I that think, yeah that the Wild gave them a lot. It's a factor, but it's not. It's it's enough that it was a seven game series for a team that pl- as a, that is a, a plays as a slower, heavier game, yeah. and they've been through a war. I think there is something to be said for it being somewhat of a factor. Um, yeah. But I, I don't. Again, they're not my certainly not my pick in this series for sure. But I, I have found over the years, and I really do believe this to be the case that the first game of a series is affected by who the teams just played, and it, even if it's just stylistically, even if it's not, even if it's not, they're being tired. It's like you play seven games against Minnesota, like you're saying, Anthony. You play t- seven specific kinds of games against Minnesota. Your team's in a pat in a mode, you know, that's playing that kind and, of hockey, and, 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 and you got to play a totally different kind of hockey against Colorado. It's and, and a gear shift, yeah. Shifting that gear like that is that's not easy, and some 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 gear shifts are much easier to make than others. This is this is a really hard one, especially when you're trying to go from zero to you know sixty and five. But, but the, the argument against that is because of the way divisional played work this year, you are used to seeing these teams. It's not as if you sure. have to learn. Who you're facing? You oh, face Colorado seven yeah. times during the year. It's not as if there were surprises as to what the kind of makeup of that organization but team is. I, the, I, counter, I, I, yeah. ahead, the counter is also where and is also wear and tear at this point of the season. Yeah. It's it's, it's always a game of attrition. I mean, right? You want it, you mm-hmm. want to end series early because you know you need the recovery time. Look, give Minnesota credit; they oh, that extended one. that series, but 
give Colorado enough credit. They they basically had a shot to sweep. They did, and they basically took it out. Now, yesterday, I mean, McKinnon's play at center ice going from 60 to 80. I mean, that's just – I mean, if he's going to be able to do that with that kind of space, series will be over very quickly. Well, I, I mean, I definitely got a whiff yesterday of, of Vegas versus Dallas last year because that's the way – and Dallas is not as fast, not as talented as Colorado, but that's the way Vegas played against Dallas. They got outplayed. And, I, you know, maybe it's the fact that they have to shift from the style they were playing against Minnesota to a more up-tempo style against Colorado, but I don't think Vegas can shift to that. They have, they have a specific way that they play, and if Colorado is going to fly by them at 100 miles an hour good luck i think they're going to try and stand them up at the blue line that's their probably their next strategy mm-hmm. and i don't know if that's going to work but i'll i'll say this that first line for the abs is the best line in hockey the mckinnon yeah. line and and mckinnon is a better player right now all around than Connor mcdavid and he's more effective in the playoffs than Connor mcdavid and yeah. he Looks just like doesn't get the press he more doesn't. Physical game also that's the difference well but whatever i mean you know yeah, it's yeah. like McDavid, if he wants to play a physical game, he could be like Crosby and become more physical and get bigger if he wants to. I don't know if he could. I mean, I've, have you seen that in McDavid's game ever? I mean, I've seen we had no, McKinnon. Doesn't mean he can't. Like no, you know, but but you know, he really is a more of like a fine-tuned type. You know, that and that's fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you know. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's I don't realistically closer to a Gretzky than he is to a to a Crosby. Yeah, yeah. Right. McKinnon, McKinnon has always impressed me. I mean, the thing I've mentioned many times before, but like when I saw the World Cup of Hockey and when you watch the under twenty three team play together, that's where I first got my real appreciation of McKinnon, like covering that team because just seeing that what McKinnon is like is got like that has an edge that I didn't realize he had. Like he saw in that series, you saw he had he, he realized he was going to be the guy who was playing with skill, but also with a real big edge, that edge is real. That edge makes him really interesting. Like and he was a big star him... in junior hockey. I yeah. got to see it firsthand and got to interview him there. And I knew at that point he could handle the NHL and be a star in the NHL because he already was a star yeah. there, like a bigger star than almost anybody in junior hockey. Yeah. And, and now you're seeing it. And But what's funny is it really is sad that Colorado gets very little press, national press, and everybody like overdoes it on these great plays for Ivan McKinnon, which he does a lot. It's not yeah. like – well, this look, is I, I, for you. you guys both know I said last year that if Grubauer hadn't gotten hurt, they were my pick the entire way to well, win the cup. I haven't changed that view yeah. at all, right? And You're right. Grubauer has done nothing to show that he's not a guy who can carry a team to a cup. Now, yeah. I think I think the big question is is how hurt is Ryan Graves, and is is he going to miss any no, time? I don't think he's that hurt. He okay. came he came back and said, him. "Okay." So. I mean, he's, look, doesn't mean anything. They're going to not tra- look. Reeves, is, you got to figure he's going to get at least a game, maybe two, given the action, especially the repeated what he kept doing with him lying on the ice. What m- mugging him in the crease isn't legal? Well, again, it's only allowed by Tom Wilson. It's a five thousand dollar fine. So besides right. that, you know, <laughs> actually, uh, Chris Beagra just texted me. He said Ryan Graves is okay. Okay, Ryan Graves is okay. He, I get the joke. Mm-hmm. Nice, funny, Russ. Ha. Mm-hmm. It's the guy who Rangers traded for uh, for Graves. Okay, Hardy, hard, hard, hard. I got. All right. I'm the let's other let's one move here. on to another. Russ, you can go to mute for a while. That was a kind of a a little bit of a snore game too, which was um, Carolina Tampa. There's something tough about these. Like I've noticed this in the past that the first the first game of the second round has a tendency to be a letdown in so many ways because mm-hmm. getting through the first round is such a big thing, no. Mike. Um, and uh, getting, a team when the team survives the first round. Um, that that the feeling that like the feeling of relief. There's a definite letdown to the intensity of the game one of the second round. It's just always has been the case. Like you know, there wasn't for Tampa. Well, there there wasn't there. I mean, there no, there wasn't. I didn't there think was they nothing. played. I didn't. I didn't think they played their top game. Are you kidding me? I I didn't think they. I think they can play a lot better than that. You thought that was as good as they can play. I didn't think so. 
Heck, I mean, it doesn't always have to be a five to two. Score. Oh no, I know, but I've seen them. I mean, I, I mean, I thought they played. Vasilevsky was as good as I've ever seen him. Yes, and, and for a letdown game, That's it was a one-one one game until late in the game. So I'm not yeah. even calling it a that, letdown no, but, game. But what you're saying, Vasilevsky, is like Vasilevsky being young. as good as you ever seen him, is my point. Like you know, he shouldn't have shouldn't have had to be that good against. Your Carolina is a very good team. They're they a very are. good team, and they're great defensively. And they're going to be able to smother you to some degree. And it still didn't bother Tampa. And, 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 and we're about two minutes left in the third over the over the uh, speaker at uh, at the uh, as a PNC building in, uh, in Raleigh. You heard yeah. paging Dr. Mor- paging Mr. Morazic, Mr. Peter mm-hmm. Morazic, because mm-hmm. that goal by Nadjelkovic is a friggin' killer. That's a real because, unfortunate. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. I know. Well, I'll tell you what. Brendan Moore is not going to make a change over there. No, he he deserves to stay in the net. He's actually played well this entire yeah, time. Yes, he has. Yeah. He has. It, it's it, and that's one of the. It, it would be. I think it would be a mistake to switch away from him. Yeah. It would send a bad. I think it would send a bad message in the room. Especially I, in the kid's career too. I mean, you're, you're, exactly. There's a possibility again. Ned, with time, can be. It's a. It can be with time and experience. Can be a solid enough starter for Carolina. Could they upgrade beyond him? Sure, but yeah. I, 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 I was. And they should have, but I do think that they should give Ned the, the you know, give him the nod and say, okay. I'm and, then, and then if they get down to 2 Right. Or, or sorry, well, not, carry the I mean, water not, for them. I'm sorry. One, I mean, if they go further down in the series, it's a different story. I'm just, he carried I'm, the water for them during the regular season with all their yeah. injuries. I mean, he yeah. was their stalwart in net. Without them, and, and I'm, and they're, I'm, they're in a little bit of trouble. And all I'm yeah, saying, all I'm saying is – is that that was a killer in terms of mo- because they dominated the first period. They came out, they you know, they really dominated. They did, uh, and they came up empty. And they came up empty, you know, and it always happens yeah. when that happens. You know, the other team always scores. And yeah. it won one in the third period and then have that as a deflating moment. I'm not saying you reflexively, if you're Rod Brindamore, say, oh, definitely let's go with Morazic. But if they lose, if they lose game two, and Tampa cleans their clock, then I think they have to go to Morazic because he's a veteran guy going to Tampa for the next two games. But this is but this is where you if you're Brendan Moore, you might get frustrated. And if you're the owner, you have to look at Don Waddell and say, This is the same thing that happened last year. Like you knew you were gonna play Tampa if you were gonna be successful this year. You knew it. Yeah. But you also had to know you had to upgrade or do better than you've got in net. Mm-hmm. To be able to go past Tampa, or you're going nowhere. Like I just can't imagine yeah. they didn't have that discussion. You mean like you mean like Robin Leonard last year when they had the opportunity? I mean something along those lines? Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean they had they have and they 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 for whatever reason they or like. De- or I'll there. throw another one out there: Devin Dubnik, possibly. Yeah, he could have been yeah. a starter for them. Yeah, I'd rather have Ned and Net than Devin Dubnik right no, now. No, no, me too. But but I agree. Point. It's just somebody and, and, else. And again, you played well enough. Not look. Egregious mistake, notwithstanding, right? It all depends on if if they lose, for example, one nothing. He plays a brilliant game. You're not pulling him from the net based upon that performance. No, I think so. I agree with that. I, I do think you could see Morazic in the series, though. I do, I do, I really think, and I think that, uh, but I wouldn't do it now, like especially after that. I wouldn't goal. do it I now. Either. I wouldn't do it after that goal. I would, I would, because it's just, it's just not worth it. Honestly, that you you can't you can't throw it all at the goalie in a game like that. You can't. Um, and, and it's a bad goal. And, and we've seen and we've seen something like that happen before with Sergey yeah. Bobrovsky in Philadelphia back in 2011. Yeah, when yeah you yeah. do that, you can get into a guy into a whole team's mindset at that point. And oh, that was horrible. That was a great, All right, so we do have breaking news from right. Andrew Gross. He said Varlamov was off the ice first, and Sorokin was talking to the goalie coach. From what I was hearing yesterday, I do believe Varlamov's going to be in net. Do I believe that's the right move? No, but I do believe that that's what's going to happen. I thought after game one they were going to switch anyway. I thought that I mean, 
Why? Sorokin, because Sorokin did not have a particularly good game. You've written Varlamov. He's he's alternated guys all season long for the most part. Varlamov has a bit more play yeah. of experience. And despite the fact, that, but despite the fact that he won all the games yeah. in the first round, you just kind of know Trotz was going to make a change okay, but the, after that Trotz first game. Win Stanley Cup alternating goalies. I, yeah. Well, he, he also didn't start out with Carolina. 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 Actually. That Carolina. Replaced by Holtby. No, but Carolina, Carolina won a Stanley Cup. This is not the 06 Hurricanes, and this is not Matt Murray. Well, the only Murray. I mean, no, I know, not. I know, and and uh, you know, at the end, so at the end of the day, I I do think it's not a bad move to give Sorokin. I, I thought he was a day off here, and I I don't I didn't think he was the because obviously you're you're going with a goalie who might win the Vez. I mean, Varlamov. You're not talking about a bad goalie here. No, but, he's not a bad goalie. But the idea now that you're changing this up when you're down, yeah. You know, it's like if, if Varlamov loses you when you're up. He's still a rookie though, you know. No, but, yeah, I mean, two games, I'm, I'm tweaking yeah. Ross. I'm tweaking Ross. I know. But but here's the thing, if you're if you do go down two games now, and let's say they lose by the exact same score, right, or something close to that, what are you doing next game? Yeah, you're out you're out of answers. All, all I know is that Boston poleaxed the Islanders in game one. It was pleasurable to watch because <laughs> that game was close, Russ. I mean, Mike, Mike, that game was close to the end. What are you talking about? It was like, three it was, two. They were five two because of like what two empty net goals? No. Well, they pulled the goalie with three minutes to go. Like, it yeah, wasn't like, that yeah, close. Yeah, I mean, they pulled like, an AV. <laughs> No, yeah, you were talking about. That sounds like AV to me. I mean, it was pretty, <laughs> it was, going into third period, it was tied. Right. Was I know like, that. Okay. Boston beat the Islanders at their own game. The Islanders, see, I, I don't think, I think the Islanders are a good team, a solid team, but Boston is the same type of team with better players. You know, after the a first round where they didn't score hardly at all, the, the perfection line, as they call them, broke out with Pasternak scoring a hat trick and Hall scored a goal as well. I mean, if, they're, they got, if they got two offensive lines operating, the Islanders can't stop them. Well, that's, and that's a big thing for today because Craig Smith isn't playing tonight, supposedly. Right. Which means right. they're moving DeBrusque up yeah. a line. The big thing for, right. right now, what the Islanders need is they need Matthew Barzell to basically refine his game because right yeah. now he seems yeah. to be caught in between. Did he play in game one? I, I don't even know. He yeah. was there, just not particularly visible, but he was, uh, he was certainly there. I mean, that's the big key. He, he, there, there's, he needs to take that next step forward and be the guy who, who basically was the guy that carried them last year in the playoffs when they made that run. But not having Anders Lee doesn't is is, is what's yeah. coming up, and also no Oliver Wallstrom was huge also because yeah, he was that, the guy who was replacing Lee offensively. But we're not saying the Bruins are this wins the series for them. Mm -hmm. What we're saying is the Islanders mm -hmm. are reacting very strongly to a game one loss. Like they never have really. Wait, they pulled Varlam off last series when he played poorly one with Sorokin. So it's not necessarily it's not a pattern for Trotz to pull a guy after a poor game and go with the other goalie. The weird thing about this, this when I was doing my preview for this series, is that during the regular season, um, Sorokin only played like eighty minutes against the Bruins in eight games. It was like it was crazy. Like Varlamov was in there for the entire series. Like they played Varlamov every game against the Bruins. Um, you know, and it was, it was, it was back and forth, you know, they, I think the Bruins had a slight advantage or maybe it was, I think it was tied, but it was close, you know, and, and, you know, Sorokin had a good, had a good 80 minutes. I, I'm, I was trying to figure out, I think he came in, he came in in relief in one game, I think, and then started the other. Mm -hmm. I was trying to, I couldn't figure it out. I wouldn't have time to go through all the stuff, but so I kind of thought it was interesting that, that, you know, they have, they have seen Varlamov against the Bruins. They for some reason, they like Varlamov against the Bruins. And I they think they start him in game one. 
because I think that they just, within their minds, that Sorokin just earned. Yeah. No, I'm just saying that they really like him. Sorokin was on a roll. Sorokin was on a roll, and the role is now over. Again, if the stats tell you the other guy can beat the other team, then it shouldn't matter if the other guy's on the roll. Yeah, yeah, but, but but it, it creates a thing in the room too. Yeah, you can't you can't if go you, away if from you the want a series with a guy. It's one of the reasons yeah. we just got done talking about starting know, winner versus uh, versus flirt. I'm not saying I would do that. I'm saying if this guy's different, if Trotz is different, and he sees the stats saying, "Hey, you know what? Varlamov's the better player." You would say he would be overthinking it. I know you. He would be. <laughs> But again, if it never works for you, Russ. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> this is the exact situation. If, if you're the coach and you see that in the room, you probably should have played the other guy. But I don't know. If that's what he saw. No, no. You go with Sorokin in game one. I think you have to. He won the series for you. He was really good in the series, and I think that you know, and his on and, the surface, that's what I would have done too. But I don't know. But knowing full well that you've got a you've got a guy who might win the Vez and the Trophy, and who's who's has, I guess, a, I'm I'm guessing a relatively good career against the Bruins because they went with him all the time against the Bruins. So I'm guessing that there's something with him and the Bruins. You know, that's 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 the only thing I can think of. Um, all right, so let's move on now to Game Seven tonight, um, because we got plenty to talk about there, and this, you know. I said the series was going to end in five. It almost did. <laughs> it almost ended in six. I mean, the Maple Leafs have now been in two overtimes where they could have ended the series, and and that, it's hard to come out of two overtimes where you could have ended the series and not end the series. I'm the only one to pick Montreal. You are the only one to pick Montreal. Yes, Russ, Russ we know. Thank and you. that's very that's very it's true. <laughs> um, I still don't. I still don't like Montreal tonight. I don't. But um, but don't back, either. You know, like but, Montreal in game five or six, and look what happened there. I know, no, listen, and, and, that's, and, and the point is that this is the, the crazy thing about this. There's so many ways to look at this, obviously. It's been discussed. Mike has a great blog on it. Kareen has a great blog on it. There's so many different ways that this game can be looked at inside and out, and there's so many ghosts and all kinds of past things and history and all this crap. Well, let, but Mike, what are your thoughts? Like, why don't you start us out? Because obviously this is your series. Well, what are your thoughts on that? You know, it was funny because uh, uh, Jeffler, uh, who I know know well from, uh, yeah. from Harley's games and his presence on social media, uh, he tweeted out this morning. I don't blame uh, I don't blame everyone given the uh, uh, given the past history, but I've never seen a city and a fan base less confident in their hockey team ahead of a game than Toronto and Leaf fans going into tonight. It's remarkable. And I reply I replied to him. I says this reflects. Those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. There is a lack of confidence uh, because it's a defense mechanism against di disappointment that this team has perfected in their history. I mean, 54 years, I mean, and I'm just talking about, the, you know, 54 years is Stanley Cup, but this particular core group lost in game seven to the uh, Bruins twice and lost in a deciding game to Columbus yeah. last year in the bubble. They have not proved crap. Well, here's the thing, Mike, about that. You know, this is the thing about that. Like, they brought in guys, um, the, these veteran guys, mm -hmm. that are that are supposed to be the guys who tell them that that just doesn't matter at all. And honestly, because it really it doesn't. And 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 at the end, and it matters to you. See, to, to, to Leaf fans and to people, you know. You, you you're absolutely right. This is this is this is PSD. You know, this is this is this is really, and, and it makes sense because. You know, it's like you're dating a girl who's going to cheat on you all the freaking time, and you, you keep dating her, so you're preparing for her to cheat on you. That's you're preparing for this game to go the wrong way. I'm sorry um, if that happened to you. I'm sorry. It hasn't. I've never been cheated on. How about that? But, <laughs> but all I'll say is this: um, I didn't date a lot either. So hey, um, <laughs> but 
Small which sample is the BMI size. portion of this program. <laughs> so just, 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 just like, something back into my past a little bit, Russ. That you threw me off track there. So no, here, but here's the thing. But you know, to me, this is what it makes sense that you would be that Leaf fans are setting themselves up for disaster here because right. obviously but they've it, been through that. Yes, they've been through that. But but, but it's turned ugly. And I wrote about this in the in the blog. Uh, I don't know if it was just after game six, but after game five and six, the, you know, the criticism has zeroed in on Marner and Matthews and justifiably so, you know, Mar Mar Matthews has one goal in the series. He's got four points. Marner has not scored a goal, a, a goal in 17 playoff games, but it got ugly. It got personal it, on social media. And that's just crap. I, I really hate it. So, I mean, criticize them all they want for their performance on the ice, but don't criticize them as people. That's it, that's just we. And stupid. We saw we saw it with Ethan Bear in Edmonton. We've seen yeah. it in other situations. Just don't do that. It's 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 just weak and stupid. We saw the NCAA tournament with, with, with guys sending messages to them who didn't play well. It happened. Yeah. It happened. It happened in college basketball with guys who were sending Twitter mess Twitter messages to kids on that team with basically threats because of the fact they lost the college basketball game. So yeah. magnified more so on the on the pro level. It's awful. And I did write about these guys on Sportsology, but here's my one analysis that I would worry about if I were a Leafs fan. Without Jake Muzzin in there, and he's not, I would worry about the Suzuki Caulfield to Foley line because they do seem to have chemistry. They have puck possession. I know there's this conventional thinking where people say, well, there's no one to retrieve the puck there. But it doesn't have to be anybody to retrieve the puck if they take the puck in the zone and they make one or two passes and get it on net. And that's what they seem to do. And Suzuki does seem to be a player, and I've seen him in international play, where when the stakes are high, he he does well. So Suzuki and that's the one yeah. worry for me. Yeah, the I Suzuki mean, Caulfield thing is, is really something to watch. It really is. I mean, yeah. that that combination yeah. has really come to life here. And the 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 uh, the adjustment that the Leafs and the, obviously they don't have any choice with with Muzzin out for a minimum of three weeks, which by the way means he'll miss miss the next round if they get by Montreal, which is a big right. thing. But that means Travis Dermott moves up into the top four. The guy who gave gave away the puck on the game on the, for the game winning goal to Kotkaniemi in Game Six, but he moves up into the top four and they play Rasmus Sandin. And more than likely, I would doubt that Sandin plays any more than power play time and offensive zone starts because he gave up the puck twice in Game Five. I'm not sure how much confidence they have in a young player right now, but this means. Riley and Brody and Zach Bogosian and Justin Hall will be playing heavy minutes in game seven. What I think is important for, for the Leafs is look at the minutes that the the top four for the for the Canadians have played. Petrie played, I think, thirty four minutes. Weber, uh, Edmondson, they've all got to be gassed. What, oh, yeah. what the Leafs should be doing is banging on those guys and forcing them to make turnovers. I it mean, never seems to be in their game though, Mike. But the one I thing, know. the one. Th we have to say this to be fair, and it's not just one player. The, the Leafs do have a lot of guys that are playing pedestrian. They, they, There are guys there that definitely need to step up. I mean, Montreal has guys that we don't expect to step up, so they probably won't, and we're not going to say anything about them. Yeah, you know, there's a number of guys on the Leafs, besides their stars, that should be stepping up for them, and that's where you really can't blame Kyle Dubas on this. No, no, no. Because that's not his fault. You know who the three best, the three best forwards for the Maple Leafs through six games have been? William Nylander, and you know how much that pains me to say that, but he has played great. William Nylander, Alex Kerfoot, and Jason Spezza. That have that has been yeah. their, that has been their three best. Uh, they, they missed they missed Tavares. 
They missed Tavares. It's barely evident how much they missed yes. Tavares in yes. this series. And now Tavares skated with the team today, right, Mike? Yeah, which means which means he's pro- he he probably could be back for I would say game two or three against right. Winnipeg. But they still have to get by Montreal, and that's the thing. Right. This is so like- there's no chance he's playing tonight. No, no, I no. don't think he, so. He, when I saw his skate he, when he was out there, that skating was very it was very gingerly skating. Yeah, because he had a knee injury. It was not yeah, yeah. knee injury, and I just he still needs some yeah. time. I think there's but still. They, oh, I agree. They, I, I, don't, I was just, I was just checking to make sure there was no chance because yeah, it seems like they were setting up something perhaps. But they, no, I think they're just saying that as, as sort of like a you know a uh, a little carrot that hey he'll be back if you win this game, you know. But they have to win this game, and and that's a, like in game six. Down two to nothing in the third period. Sheldon Keith, he went with two lines. Two. Yeah. He, yeah. Went, he moved Nealander up to the top line with with Matthews and Marner, which did, a line that did nothing. And then uh, he had Hyman with Spezza playing second line and Alex Kerfoot. Yeah. And that was the line along with a, a, a line with a, with a Pierre Engvall that tied the game. So, they're, I mean – through six games, their number one line has been good in one of them. And that you cannot have that. That's what happened to Pittsburgh. Sidney Crosby didn't score. Ovechkin hardly scored with Washington in their series. You need your star players to step up when it when it counts. And right now, the, the problem is, is that Matthew, I mean, Matthews has been a consistent playoff performer until this year, and he's getting shut down by Philip Deneau, who's a really yeah. good – He's really good. There's no question. Really good defensive forward, yeah. and he's annoying. Um, and also, Brendan Gallagher is getting in his kitchen, and I'm surprised somebody take, doesn't take a whack at that little rap because he's just you – know, I mean, he's a great – Zach Hyman doesn't do that to anybody, right? Yeah, not at all. trying to get – I love it. Gallagher is doing exactly that's, that's, what he's yeah. – Plays yeah, right down the middle. middle. Calling it right down the middle there, Michael. Don't get me wrong. the Canadian version of the rat as opposed to Brad Marchand. I loved Darcy Tucker. I'm Kenny Lindsman. I yeah. love Darcy Tucker as a leaf, and Brendan Gallagher is the Darcy Tucker of Montreal. You hate that guy if he's not on the team that you're covering. And you yeah, for sure. Alan, Alan makes a good point in the chat room. There's two things. His point is good. Hyman is being shut down, and that is the engine of that line. That's a good point Yeah. because – if they figure that out, that's a smart thing. The other well, thing, I, here's what I would do on the Leafs end, though. I really like the way Ilya Mikhaev is playing, and I like his shot, and, and I do and want to more of him. And Engvall. Engvall is playing. Yeah, Engvall was pretty good, but I think Mikhaev was better. I think he's just got a little better of a shot. And at the end of the day, with that size that he has, give him a little more playing time. Maybe give Joe Thornton a little less if he doesn't look good. He's not doing anything anyhow. Thing about all this, though, guys, what you guys are doing right now is the typical thing that run the, the problem that teams run into in this in this situation. You're just you're better than Montreal, okay? And and you are and you are and you you have to if you're if you're Toronto, you have to believe you're better than Montreal. You, you know, you you can sit back and say Montreal's improved and we've we've struggled or whatever, but you're still you still have to believe you're better than Montreal. So the second you start doing some of these moves that are like that you're just doing for tonight for Game Seven you're done like that that i've seen that so often in hockey you know that that's where you it's the teams that i always respected the teams like let the, remember the islanders teams that never that like they won like what 20 straight playoff rounds or whatever they had that crazy run i mean they had times when they were down in a series two to one or two to nothing even they just never changed what they did they always believed they were better than the other team and they just they just stuck with what they are you, you know and 
you know the line that you've said about uh, about general managers. How, like, I mean, sort of the same thing as lawyers. How do you know if general manager is lying? His lips yes. are moving. Yeah. Well, okay. Sheldon Keefe, after Game Six, was asked about Kerry Price, and he says, "Oh, Kerry Price is not in our head. You know, like oh, he's a great goaltender, but oh, crap." Well, no, that's ridiculous. I mean, he's got he Sheldon Keefe has to say Keith has to say that he can't say he is in our head. I know, I know that, I know that, but I'm but I'm saying is. My, the, Toronto outshot them thirteen to two in the overtime. Boy, I know. I know that the price is in their heads a bit. When Marner gets a break on a shorthanded chance and he does a pirouette to put a shot on net instead of actually trying to put his best shot on net, that's how you know yeah. goalie's in in somebody's head. Yeah, and William William Nylander, who's never hit anybody in his life, all of a sudden decides to do a Nicholas Cronval on Price. Uh, late in the third period in a, in a zero in, in a zero yeah. zero game, you know, probably to try to shake them up, and it ends up with you know that that series of plays ends up with two Montreal power play goals. It's I mean, cry, it's called a Kreider, Mike, but we get it. No, Kreider's double double skates to the leg. That's I mean, a, I think the thing to ask that maybe hasn't been asked about enough about this. Paging Justin Scarcy. If we're moving, if we're, we're going to talk about the series, because you we can you know these are these moves are all tweaking. You know, today you have to think that like a guy like Thornton or Simmons is pulling aside Matthews and talking to them. You know, you, you, this, this kind of stuff is these guys know. You don't that want to say too much. Guys are usually afraid to say too much. Actually. I don't yeah. know. You, I don't know that Thornton and would be though. Thornton and Simmons won, by the way. Right. Thank you. Thornton is still because because what when I when I saw Matthews skate off the ice after the last loss in Game Six, you know oh, they, he, bang, they, he, bang, he banged his hands on the bench. He was, you saw you saw his face even even before he did that, Mike. You're like I'm like he's gonna kill somebody because you saw his face as he skated towards the bench, and I was like oh man, you know that the, my, my my mind went to like this is a, this is a young this is a young kid now who's feeling the entire pressure of the Toronto Maple Leafs organization. That's I, what I think the like. best thing Thornton could do would be like. Sing a version of any Gordon Lightfoot song because that's what he looks like right now. And down, you might, better take care. Listen, there's some, no, listen, Russ, you're not wrong in the fact that you have to, much like Mark Andre Fleury had kept Vegas loose up. going yeah. into Game Seven by doing the goofy thing with his helmet. That know, would have a better bucks. effect. It would have you got to do something. You got to do something to loosen the room up to basically, you know, untighten those Toronto sphincters. They do because <laughs> it's like it, it, the pressure on these kids. Is, oh my it, beard, Austin! It's oh just it's just way, putting way too much pressure on Matthews, um, and and the whole thing, and 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 Marner and everybody. I mean, the the reality is that but you know they have to just, they have to get back to playing hockey. And they have to get. Heck, they were they, doing a good job at this for a while. Heck, they have nobody to blame but themselves. Of course not. No, no, sure, no. But we do have to give Montreal a little bit of credit. Like we talked about Jake Evans being out a, a detriment to Montreal. And since he's been back, they've been a much better team. Yeah. He is another guy that shuts down guys. He has shut down Connor McDavid before. So oh, I'm not. Yeah. I, I'm not, and again, I'm, you're right. We do need to give Montreal more credit. I'm, and, Montreal, I mean, deserves. I mean, they have found we know ways. They're a better team. Like we get that. But it's not even close, right? But they, but they have found. A re- oh yeah, there's a reason they're hanging around. And and that brings me to my sort of my thought that I wanted to kind of focus on for a second, which is, what happens in both case scenarios tonight? Like that's what I wrote about today. You know, if Montreal wins tonight, what happens? Like to what what that's like oh, to me that's such an enormously big question. I'll, um, I'll give you I'll give you a preview of what I what I will yeah. write tomorrow if 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 Toronto loses. Right. What happens? I mean, I I I I, I talked this over with a couple people. Shanahan's not gone. Yeah. Dubis, Dubis is not gone. Keith is not gone. Right. 
So there will not be any changes in management. Um, they will write, right. they will write it off as, okay, this was the pandemic year. Tavares right. got hurt. Muz, now Muzzin got hurt. There's excuses there, but the fan base won't want to hear it. The fan base will say, this is five years of losing in the first round. This is five years of this core group that has not been able to get to the next step. But the problem is, um, Ellie Friedman reported the cap is going to be flat for five years. If that's the case, then the only option that you have, and you're okay, you can't trade Tavares, he's got a no move clause. You're not trading Austin Matthews because he's one of the best three or four forwards in the league. You're not trading Marner because he's a really good playmaker. And geez, got, I, wonder where, I wonder where Michael's going with this now. No, but, but okay, what, what are, what are, your, great, what are your options? Well, option one is to get ready to drink, trade William Neal. And there after, really, after a really yeah. great playoff. No, just, yeah, you, have a, you have a high value for him right now. I'll give you that. You got the high value well, for him. Right greatest hits, that's number one. But well, I think the only that, thing no, Michael think can't that, do is if they lose his blame, his favorite person who he loves to blame besides William Nealander. Freddie yeah, Anderson. There you go. I'm not blaming him. That's Russ's favorite. Oh, sorry. Uh, but there will be questions of, of whether or not Campbell is really the answer. Like that, that, that will be a legitimate question. Well, Campbell, I mean, I'm sorry. Campbell is not the reason that they're playing a game seven tonight. He right. played great in game six. He had one bad goal in game five. I mean, how the how the how the hell is he going to stop a two on zero breakaway when Alex Galchenyuk serves it up on a silver? No, for sure. But at the same time, yeah, there have been some goals that he's let in. I think that that time. Well, I, all right. So here's rough. the something that I told Mike off offline. They the Leafs really don't have a goalie that's going to be ready in the next two or three years. No. Right. So based on that. They need to have Campbell, and they need to bring in somebody else, maybe even somebody else's goalie like a Joey Decord or somebody like that who can play as a backup now and can grow in the job and maybe be a number one. They almost have to look for that kind of guy. Maybe they make a trade with Seattle with one of the extra goalies they get, but they're going to yeah. have to do something like that. That's Russ, what I think, too. I don't, I, I don't think – I don't think – because, I mean, Decord is a, is a good goaltender and a good young goaltender, but I think be, it being Toronto, it would have to be somebody more – High profile, and even if it even if it costs them a little more in terms of cap space. Sure, yeah. I mean, I'm just then, is know. there not a scenario here where they end up with Mark Andre Fleury at the beginning of next year? Only, only if only if Vegas retained retained salary. I mean, there's there or you know, or the you, old Leafs. You are now going into all right. We're back to Toronto getting old players, old goalies. The Rangers used to yeah. do this too. I I could I could. One year, like, like somebody mentioned in the chat, I could see them signing Alinas Allmark as a one B to Campbell. I could it's see them. Yeah, well, right. Mm -hmm. I, or, or if they want to go short term, I could see them trading for a Darcy Kemper or trading for uh, a Braden Holtby from Vancouver, who probably wants to open up cap space, and they think Demko is their their pure number one. Got I three see more them. years left, doesn't he, Holtby? Though no, one. He's one. It was a two. It was a two year deal. So but I mean, yeah, then you're back looking for a goal the year after. Like, right, I, I, think they're, I think they're just buying time, Russ. I think that's. Yeah, what I don't know. You don't want to keep doing this every year. That's my feeling. But maybe they. Yeah, but, I mean, what's the what what's the answer? I mean, there's not and a. You're leaving one name out. I said, I'm shocked that you left this name out. Go ahead. Brian Elliott. Oh. <laughs> well, but there's you, all, I mean, you just maybe choked there, Anthony. The reality is that, you know, you have to look. I, there aren't, you know, we've talked about there aren't many ways to change a team, you know, changing a coach and changing a goalie are two of the big <laughs> ones. You know, like they're, 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 two of the, they're two of the big ones that you can do. If you're not so going to change the coach, then you change a goalie. 
I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to talk getting too in depth of the fa- of the potential failure of the Leafs because we can always save that for right, tomorrow. No, but the, the, but let's but, go the other direction for a second. What happens if the Leafs win? Okay, so if the and and, and what or actually no, before we do that, what happens I, I, to Montreal if Montreal wins? That's my big question. Like, I think Dominic Ducharme is 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 not going to be an interim. He'll get he'll get the, he'll get the head coaching job if he wins the series. So if he wins the series, Montreal mm-hmm. now has he already gotten that from taking no, those seven games? No, no. no. Now, my question, the big question, because the big question I talked to with my Montreal sources today is the whole thing was this was hanging on. They felt like that both uh, the GM and the coach would be gone if they lost the series. Um, and I thought that was that's what people. Were I still think there's a chance of that. All right, so um, in Montreal, now that we get to now that they, the way the series has gone, how they push it to Game Seven, that feels a little bit more hazy. Like they, okay, the, maybe they maybe they stick them around because they really did push it. And depending on how well the Leafs do after this, if the Leafs go on to like you know. The final four or something like that, maybe this, and they took him to game seven. Yeah, but a, dis- a decision will be made on Bergeron and Ducharme long before that. If if they fire them, it'll probably be a couple days after. It'll right. probably be this week. So, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I I personally think that the moves that Bergeron has made. I mean, some of them, you know, obviously getting Suzuki back in the day for in the patch, right. you know, that's that's all fine and good. But I'm talking about the ones recently done, trading a couple draft picks for Eric Stahl, who has looked bad in this series. Yeah. Um, you know, Eric, Eric Gustafson, the only thing that he has accomplished was in playing like seven minutes was elbowing Wayne Simmons in the chops, which yeah. I was surprised he could actually do. Former flyer, yeah. former flyer crime there. Well, yeah. Flyer on flyer crime. Former yeah. flyer, former flyer crime. But – I, I, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not completely convinced that if they lose this series, Bergevin is out of a job because they were supposedly talking to him about a contract extension. But I mean, I think that I think there's a chance he could still be out of a job, though. I, I don't think he it's has been GMing, and they've been GMing and coaching like their life depended on this series. Um, they've yeah. been micromanaging it. They've been micromanaging it to the point where it's it's they amazing were, that they are in, that they're in they, Game Seven. I mean, were, to me, it's like incredible. They were burning him in effigy after Game Four. Yes. So, you know, the, the, apparently they've run, they've run out of, uh, mannequins and, uh, and, uh, and lighter, lighter fluid. Well, they are, you know, I mean, this is, is, and I wrote about in my blog today, you know, the way these two teams have come, come, you know, how Montreal never really accepted a rebuild and rebuild in Toronto did, you know, that these two teams have gotten here in different, different directions, right. To this point. Um, and they really are, you know, Toronto is obviously ahead of Montreal in the, in the path of, you know, they have more talent, more skill, um, but Montreal's done some solid things too, and and made some good moves. It, it, but you know, it's it's so easy how you can spin the Canadians on losing or winning tonight. You can spin the moves they made in so many different ways. Like if they win tonight, you can say all oh, these brilliant, you know, the Suzuki Pratchett move. What a great, tra-. you know, there's great trades there. Are. If they lose, you can get into the stall thing. You know, it's just like there are so many different options you can go here that you can see how the GM looks. Well, that's why it'll take a couple days. I agree with that. Yeah, it's really it's really kind of crazy. Um, um, let, let's can. Because we'll we'll talk more about this tomorrow when at we haven't talked about the possibility of what happens when it goes if it goes to overtime. We said um, win, we said loss. But what happens if it goes to overtime? What happens to Twitter if this game, like, let's say the Leafs are up three two and they have to tie it with like I don't know thirty seconds to go, oh. and it goes to overtime? Then what happens to Twitter, Mike? Russ, all I can say is after Game Six. I hosted a show called my my Leaf Talk on Twitter Spaces. My I know I was on it. I was listening. You were listening. You were listening and providing excellent uh, commentary in, in private chat. But I was on the. You tweeted a Twitter space. Yes. I did. 
I, I was on for two and a half hours. Oh my God. I was like a, I was like a Leafs therapist. Actor. Here's the funniest thing. So my friend, my, my wife has a good friend who's a Toronto Maple Leafs fan and we're watching the game. It's our anniversary. So we're hanging, we're in the city and we're watching it at a bar and she's like, and we see the Leafs coming back. And, um, you know, and they tie it and she's like, oh, I'm going to, I got to text my friend. They're doing really well. I'm like, no, no, no. You do not text the Leafs fan ever, ever, ever. I, 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 I pray to you for 24 hours, lose my phone number. I'm not touching it, Mike. You won't see anything from me. I promise you. <laughs> But then um, let's, let's let's switch to this. But it's okay to DM them. That's okay. Don't text that's them. Exactly. But you can DM them. Apparently like, that was okay. Like, why? Why? I should be excited that they're back. I'm like, you do not understand these people. No. You do not understand how they think and how they breathe. No, you no, no. Cannot no. tell them something good is happening to their team. They do no, not. Hey, they're not okay no. with that. Let's let's <laughs> let's switch to this because I I find this very interesting and it'll open and we you talked about it before. Anybody really did X, so we have yeah. to give you credit on this. Thanks. Elliot Friedman reporting on Saturday that Seth Jones will not sign a contract, which basically tells me sayonara, bye-bye. He's not he'll be traded this summer because they will not risk going into in the, the yeah. final year because at the deadline, because of cap restrictions, they won't be able to get the full value for him. I, I think you know, line up. Uh, Philly. This is the Flyers' plan, and this Colorado. Is, and this is like yeah. I, I talked about. I talked about way back when that this was the Flyers' plan. That they they that when everyone was getting pissed off, they weren't going after Ekholm. They were people were telling me in the organization, we're not going after Ekholm or Ellis because we're going to go after Jones. You know, and I'm and I just kept saying, well, you're sure that's going to be possible? You know, I really didn't think that was possible. Obviously, you know, I'm not saying there's tampering involved, but people talk to people, right? So sure, no, that's, they that's had they had some kind of idea. idea. Someone knew that this was this was inevitable. I, I do think that, you know, what it's going to take is going to be an a really interesting part of well, our summer. I think like <laughs> LA and Colorado have the edge over everybody. Colorado, I think, has the definite edge over everybody. LA too. LA's loaded. LA's well, loaded, but Colorado's where he wants to play. Okay. Yeah, he and, might and, want to play there. Yeah. No, he's absolutely. I've talked to people who are close to him, and he absolutely wants to play there. Yeah, that, that, play there. He lives I there. think he was born in Colorado. He's yeah, that, to play for the Nuggets. And it doesn't suck that that team could be like a Stanley Cup champion. I mean, yeah. it's like, it's not going to be now course for them to do that they're going to have to take apart some of that stanley cup champion team to make uh, that happen well who's who's the guy who's not getting a ton, of, and and a ton of prospects they can trade in a deal. and and they could buy and they could buy out mm -hmm. eric johnson to open up cap space i think or he, he could come to, back because he's on long-term injured reserve also so. right but i don't know if it's forever if, if, if you're asking me to sort of prognosticate it i would say colorado certainly philadelphia the reason why but beyond the discussion as well also have family ties, obviously, in Philadelphia as well, since mm -hmm. Seth's father, uh, Popeye Jones, is a Philadelphia 76ers assistant coach. Right. So he has family here in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. That that works. That worked for Dubois because his dad was an assistant coach with the Manitoba Moose. So – yeah, and, and 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 Anthony, when you say that, that, that is what occurred to me very much, and like like I say, not tampering, but people know people, you know. So it's like mm -hmm. you're down at you're down at the at the Wells Fargo Center, you're talking to people, and someone's gonna say, hey, you know, you think Seth would ever play here? You know, that kind of thing. That, that's all you have to yell. Sometimes yell that across the way, you know. So the only the only thing that makes it tricky for Philly is they they have to manage salaries because he's going to get a new salary. It's only right. going to be like a sign and trade. Seth Jones isn't going anywhere. That but, this is all, but this is also the opportunity for Philadelphia that they're going to make a reevaluation on some of the some of the players that they have already on roster and are right. willing to lose. Who are they giving up to get him? Yeah, but you have to hope that that's what 
you're right. No, I, I, I will tell you my my belief here is that um, I mean, in ter- terms of defensively, you probably either one of Sanheim or uh, Myers would be certainly involved. Yeah, almost, it, right, almost right from jump. Uh, Myers will be right. tough because Myers Yarn, had a down year. Yarmo Yarmo is not going to be a dumping ground for contracts. It's not no, like you're going to no, trade no. and you're going to have to give your. You're going to need a full. They're going to Philly's at the minimum going to need to give up. A forward, a defenseman. Connecting. It's going to have to be Connecting or Farabee. Connecting or Farabee, which are the two I would probably at the moment say. Sanheim or Myers, or maybe maybe Cam York if they want to go young. Myers, the problem is again with Myers is that you're 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 kind of dealing him at a low at, at a low ebb after he had a very very rough season. And probably a first round pick on top of that. Definitely and, a first and, round the, pick. and the first round pick is immediately the, the that's the, a guarantee. That's the given. It, it, if that, not two, that is the opening. To, that is the opening area area of discussion in. It, the could, it could be two first round picks too. It, it, it's yeah. really. Now, the other, the other, the other interesting th- thing that I that I heard that uh, that Elliot Friedman reported and involving Columbus is, you know, they're apparently open to trading either Merzlikens or Corpusallo, and the deal that he referenced was was Merzlikens to Buffalo for Sam Reinhardt. And yeah, I wouldn't do that deal if I were Buffalo. I, I would do, do it if it was Corpusallo. I would do it for Corpusallo, but I wouldn't do it for Merzlikens. I wouldn't do it for either one of them. Yeah, no, there's got to be more. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, yeah. Sam Reinhardt is a 20, 20 improving guy every year. I mean, for five years in a row. I, like, I, I like Elvis. But I don't think he's. I don't think he's a. I mean, he might be a number one, but you've got to give There's risk involved. There's a lot here's of the question: involved. Is is Buffalo going to pay Reinhardt seven to eight million dollars a year, which is what he's going to want as an RFA? And be more importantly, does Sam Reinhardt want to stay long term there also? Because there's enough rumors right. that people are jumping off like rats off a sinking ship in Buffalo. And, and, and Jan Reinhardt did wonders for his value after Eichel got hurt by moving yep. to center. Yep. And proving that he can play center at the end. Yeah. They were against that forever, and they yeah. should have been. Like they, yeah. they should have tried him there earlier. He was a right, center in junior. He was a good center in junior. He played. He, really he played. He played center on the world junior Canadian team. What, what the? I, I, yeah, I, I never. Dead set against so it always. That's the qu- yeah. the question though is does he right. want to stay? Because if right. not, he's going to sign a one or two year deal, and then he's going to be gone. Well, exactly. one year, and he goes UFA. Right. right. So he's yeah. he can sign. He can go for Arb one year. And then go, and Buffalo is going to be stuck with having to trade a guy that doesn't want to stay so there. That does that does mitigate his value. You're right. Just like with Seth Jones, I mean, he's got a year left, but I mean, there are different different types of players. Obviously, I do think there's someone in the chat room brought this up too, and I'm, I'm not, oh, it's Zach brought it up, and I think this is a very very good point about this. Columbus is going to require a top center, like that. That Columbus. Well, yeah, that's why. I think, that's yeah. why the Kings had the edge because and it's going to be a center. center. Yeah, center, center is because they, they are they have center. no centers. They are completely no. right. Center. And, 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 and right right them, the Kings could give them two centers and right. be okay. Right. Yeah. Well, right. Well, right. They have Turcotte. They have Velarde. They have They've got. Yeah, but I'm getting think about Colorado. I I think the only guy who might be untouchable in the deal is Newark. I don't think he'd be untouchable for this. I would I say this from Kadri's got one more year left. They're going to get rid of Kadri. They view Newark as their number two center. I think of the future. Yeah. I think they do, but again, it depends how things roll with them. What would Seth? What would Seth Jones and McCar- What would a Seth Jones and McCarr defense look like? It would be. Uh, I don't think they pair them together. I think they keep them separate. But you'd have twenty. You'd have like twenty-three million dollars in salary between the two of them as well. Like you'd have. Well, you have a defense that good, but that's a good get away with it. Have it. Here's the yeah, no, we, 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 also. Here, right, yeah. Here's the complicating factor. You know, Makar's an RFA. 
Landeskog is a UFA, and then you're two years away from having to sign McKinnon. Right, McKinnon will will work it out with within the cap structure. You know, he will. I don't know know this time. I don't know that he will, Raz. I mean, he gave it a lot. I think to a degree he will. I don't know if they'll re-sign Landeskog. That may be the guy that they have to let go. And that's a tough guy to give up because that line is so good. And and he he helps. Look, Rantanen is great, but but I don't know if they have anybody in that system to replace Landeskog. No, no. Landeskog's got one more year left. They're going to look to probably get rid of him anyway. Eric Johnson, you talk about either he could be bought out or he could end up on long-term IR depending on how bad the injury is also. Honestly, honestly, a lot better than Landis Cog. I agree. If, yeah. If if they don't trade Newhook in a deal for Jones, then more than likely Newhook is the Cadre replacement. Yep. They trade because yeah, sure. If he doesn't, because really. because Cadre stabbed them in the back like he did with Toronto a couple of years yeah. ago. By his, his stupid act. Still doesn't mean they'll be able mm. to trade him though, Mike. Yeah. Oh, I think they'll still get value. There'll be somebody stupid enough to trade. Uh, him. Maybe not this go around in a flat cap world. Maybe not. With one year left, if you need a second line center, yeah, you, but he's again, he is another hit damaged, damaged goods. Yeah. 25 well, game suspension. So if you think yeah. about it, right? If let's say Columbus is the team they go to, right? They yeah. they could end up attempting to eat part of the Kadri contract to move him to free up space to create some additional room, and then depending from, on who else they include in that trade. Byron, I assume, is going to be probably the one number one guy Columbus will target, and then whoever else gets included, but they can offlay some of the salary to create some additional cap room. This is a really tough blow to the Blue Jackets organization, obviously, um, and that's something that you have to think about. Like, in, in I mean, this, this is we, you know, our buddy Dave um, from Taylor Swift band. I got a text from him on Saturday night that just simply said "Welp," W E L P, and I didn't even, I didn't even know what was happening yet with the Friedman thing. And I'm like, oh, is he watching the game, the Leafs game, or what's happening? You know, and I pick, picked up, picked up later that that's what he was, that's what he was texting me about, um, because you know, didn't want to see, you know, obviously this is this is one of those, I mean. It's well, a devastating blow if this guy doesn't stay there. This is, I mean, we've we've been we've been saying this for years, and it's not with any kind of like evil intent. No, I know because I like I like the Columbus organization, and I think yeah. they've done a good, as good a job as they possibly can. But when you've got Rick Nash wanting to leave, when you've got Artemi Panarin, Sergei Bobrovsky, Matt Duchesne, I mean, go down the line. Nobody wants to stay there. So you've got to change something there. Either they have to spend more money or do I mean, Columbus is not a bad city. The only problem I've heard is that they're number two behind a college football team. They're always and they're always gonna always will be. be. I mean, again, they're number four and behind other pro teams. So it's like it doesn't I mean to me this is that that's that's, JD coming back. Look, if you want to talk about change, they're gonna have a new coach also, right? You if you thought that it was just Tortorella is the problem, clearly that's not the case. Yeah, yeah. And no. I don't think I don't think Columbus is moving out of Columbus. I mean, they're they're a viable finale. They're not moving. Who yeah. said they're moving? No, somebody somebody in the chat said. Well, no. no, the fear is that you know that this is going to be that this is like you know the next Atlanta. You know, like that's like this is the kind no. of thing. I don't no. think I don't think they're that. The next no. team, they they're, they have been a, 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 based on their situation. Yeah, they have been a you know a, 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 they've done as well I think as they could could manage. Absolutely. They're you not know, Arizona. They're not. No, not. I'd say you know this is not a you know north of the Mason. You know north of you know a bashing of southern teams not being able to be successful versus oh they're you know they're not that successful and they're up north. It's not and Arizona that. just had another member of management leave, so they really 
they have problems. And, and that's that's the next team that will move. If there's a team that's going to move, it's going to be Arizona. It's probably going to be Houston or Quebec or something like that. But though the that that situation will never will never straighten out. It it hasn't in 15 years. But Columbus is not like that. But the thing is, you've got it's it's sort of like there are there's a group of five or six teams that everybody has on their no trade list. Buffalo is one of them. Probably Winnipeg and Calgary and Edmonton because they're in you know to a lot of people in the middle of nowhere. And yeah. Columbus is probably on that list too. And you've, yeah, got, on you've got to break that cycle. I mean, it's a it's Ottawa's on there for a lot of them. Did you say Ottawa? I didn't say Ottawa, but Ottawa's definitely on it. They're definitely yeah, on it too. Yeah. Um, I just I feel I you know and I think that you know. Yeah, I do feel bad for the people and and a lot of the fans, especially because they they really are. They really are. Too. It's not their fault. They're good fans. They really are good fans. Um, I I you know I think that the management's been good there. I think they've made some smart moves for them. They've done the best they can in situations that they've been dealt. Well, but they they have been cheap on salary. Act. We can't deny that. Yeah, they've been cheap on salary, and um, that's something that sure. gets around with players. So that's I think a part of this. Um, Pierre LeBrun just reported that uh, the PA has filed an appeal. On behalf of Nazem Kadri. Yeah, you knew that that was going to happen. Same thing with Tom Wilson a couple of years ago. Same thing that happened when we Right, that's that. when Wilson's twenty game went down to fourteen. So I think Kadri wants to Kadri wants to get in against Vegas so he can take on Ryan Reeves in a in a. Uh, bear yeah, but they're fight. not going to dress him. I don't think Colorado while this is going on. No, 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 no. They they, they would have no, to. Wait. He's doing time served just in case. That's right. what he's doing. Yeah. Right. By the time this is all yeah. done with, it'll exactly it'll end up being a time served situation. Yeah. Oh, well, there's a he's right. Been so afraid. He, He's already he's right. already he's already served three games three games for suspension. So I mean, if they if they lower it to six, then he could be back by game five. This is the number I feared that they would lower it to. So if they do lower it, I agree with you. Right, right, right. Um, so the, another interesting thing here is, and we you know it's it's kind of fun to think about. We're not quite there yet because we don't know who's going to play in the final, and this is kind of the way we can end on this. But who would who could be the matchups in the next round? You know, because the fascinating thing to me is. I do love what's happened in hockey where, you know, as much as I hated all the games you had to watch teams play against each other, it is going to be fun to see them not play against each other. <laughs> you know, it's going to be fun to see what happens because, you know, Tampa and and Carolina, they both, they, they had like 73 and 75 points. I mean, I'm no, I'm sorry. Carolina had, I was looking, I was looking at the point totals here. So if Tampa was to win that series, so Carolina had 80 points. Look at these. So right. Colorado has 82 points. Um, Carolina is 80. Tampa is 75. The Islanders in Boston are 71-73. You know, Winnipeg obviously would has 63. They would be the worst team to go to the next round if they if they get there. It would right. be okay, just just and um, how, how, yeah, how it plays out. It's gonna be first versus fourth, second versus right. third. I'm, I'm not saying that the teams that are up one nothing are gonna win the series, but just for the sake of argument, let's say that. So say it's Colorado, yeah, uh uh Tampa Bay. You can't say you can't say anything about the North right now, but let just for you know, crap. Let's say let, no, no, the, no, the North division. I know, but I'm saying like, you're talking about Toronto, up one nothing. Boston would be yeah. the other team up one nothing. Also, yeah, right, right. It would be Colorado versus Boston, right, and uh, Tampa and Tampa Bay versus either Toronto or Winnipeg, right. Winnipeg, well, Winnipeg, 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 Winnipeg plays Colorado. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say this, guys. I, there's something about this that uh, kind of reseeding the Final Four that I don't know. I kind of like it. I like and it, and I'm starting to think about even though we go back to somewhat of a of a conference format next year, 
if this is not something that they kind of think about because it just creates a very interesting dynamic. This is the and, runner. It makes it, I think, a more likely scenario where you have this, the, really the two, the true best two teams going yeah. at it. This yeah. is the this is the runner on second base in the tenth inning of the NHL. No, I don't think so. It's no, 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 it's not that. Not it's, not. Close, it's not. It's not. It's I just, not. It's not. But but again, teams don't like to touch the damn conference champion trophies anyway. I, so. <laughs> We're just, I, we're just I, dispensing I, with the conference championship. No, just give them anyway. the conference championship trophies at the end of the regular season. Remember, at the, <laughs> the regular season. That's it. But what we do that, know, what we do know, guys, is that oh. Colorado or Vegas will be the top seed. Like they have eighty-two points. Yes. And, and no one else has eighty-two points. Remember, yeah. remember, at the at the uh, general man, the last general managers meetings, there were two proposals in terms of playoff scenarios and one was going back to the conference format one through eight with the top three teams with the, with the, with the I'm on board with that. And I'm on board with that because then they would reseed after each round. And I, I think it's because honestly, after the last few years, it has really gotten dull that it's Toronto, Boston, Toronto. Yeah. I mean, it's not dull for Boston, but I get sure, it. Sure, Cause yeah, of course. But I'd like to see I'd like to see Philadelphia and uh, and Florida and Pittsburgh and uh, you know other teams in the in the conference. I think it worked for a little while. I think I this, whole, like divisional, this whole divisional rivalry thing. But I, I think we all I would agree that Toronto the next round period. But like when you look at it, when you, really, when you really take a look at it, it feels as if the Islanders in Boston are playing for the right to play Colorado. Like that's really what it basically comes down to because you know they're seventy three and seventy one points. Um, like there's no way. That Carolina or Toronto could play Car- Car- Colorado in the next round. That those those neither of those teams could play. It. So it's like the interesting thing is so what, so when you look at that Boston and the Islanders, we talked about who could maybe who could maybe beat Colorado. Um, a little early to touch Tampa, Bay. Tampa Bay could beat Colorado. Tampa, Tampa, Tampa could beat them. But Tampa can't play them in the next Tampa's, Tampa's better than both Boston and the Islanders, so they won't play them in the second round, which is interesting. So we won't see Tampa. We wouldn't see Tampa and Colorado right. till a final. Right. Um. So that to me is that you know so it's going to be Colorado Vegas versus either either one of those two teams versus Boston the Islanders in all likelihood which sets up the basically other two conference winners to play each other so so you're looking at a potential you know Tor- Toronto Carolina Toronto Tampa Toronto Carolina Toronto or Winnipeg Tampa that kind of thing Winnipeg Tampa that's a series that that just feels like a crazy bizarre well, series no, it, couldn't be, it couldn't be Winnipeg Tampa because Winnipeg would be the lowest oh, Winnipeg would be the lowest I'm sorry they would, they would play Vegas or right, I apologize so if Winnipeg wins that 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 knocks it out but and so would, and so would Montreal if they win not to get the Habs fans pissed off of it that we're not assuming that they can win games so right so actually you're Mike you're, I, I take this back for a second because if Montreal were to win tonight then if then Montreal Winnipeg are playing are playing I the think right we're to play supposed Colorado. to find out this week right if yes. Those next teams are playing in Canada or out of Canada. I, I, well, I asked that because okay, Pierre LeBrun reported last week that June the first would be the determining factor. Would be when the decision is made. And I asked somebody who has better sources than I do regarding that, and said that if it's Winnipeg, they believe Manitoba may be open by then and they could okay. travel. But with Toronto, with the rates still high it might be less likely. And if that happens, if it's Toronto, they would come to Buffalo probably because Buffalo is the closest. The the crazy, then the crazy thing about tonight's game, we got to get out of here, but the crazy thing about tonight's game is the fact that we do have to acknowledge the fact that it's being played in front of nobody. And that is nuts. Nope. Nope. They They changed it. This morning. Yeah. 500. Doug Ford in his infinite wisdom. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's being facetious there. 
uh, is uh, allowing 550 <laughs> vaccinated uh, frontline health care. Oh, that's cool. Workers. Okay, I like that. That's that's yes. cool. That's cool. Yes. So I mean, and they probably they will be louder uh, than the 2500. No, they won't. Will you stop it? <laughs> Can't help I to, and I'm the, one, I'm the one wearing a shirt with a leaf on it today. My Here, God. Here's what I want to know. For 550 people, how many concession stands will be open? None. Zero. I, I you know, they should they they'll should let every care boxes. They'll be they should let every the, they'll get the order in advance. Get no beer, hold on. No beer? No beer, no nothing. You know, and if you have to go to the bathroom, the catheters are no, right. no. We use wow. <laughs> Wow. I bet you they have like two concessions. What's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, man. I would let, I, that would let every, every, every essential worker that can go tonight just in for free. Mike, they're, putting, they're letting these people in for free? I believe so, yes. They better be. That would be good. I mean, I think that I think that's wonderful. Like, it's wonderful. They should let every. Are they doing a lottery? Is that how they're doing Health it? worker. There shouldn't well, be a lot. Of, I mean, they should just be. They should be able to go through this. And the, if you're vaccinated and you work like in that kind of situation, you should be able to go to this game. They should just let you go. And I think that would be fantastic. You're saying just health workers, but what if you're a season ticket holder that's vaccinated? I, I did. See, I did see a humorous comments that said, "Well, 500 sure. healthcare workers being let into Toronto. So when Toronto chokes, they all know the Heimlich maneuver." Right. I saw that. Are there repercussions tonight? And I don't hate to talk about this in Toronto. If Toronto loses, are we going to see like a? Are we going to see? Not, you're not going to see like people breaking windows or stuff like that. This isn't uh, last year when everything happened. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, hope, I'm just hoping. I just really no, really no. I, I don't think. I, I mean, think I, people will be pissed. They'll be pissed. There'll be 550 mad people. Are. Yes, there'll be no. no but I mean, in the city, in the city, of Toronto, people go like there will be there will be there will be angst. There will be gnashing of teeth. We will have you know obviously uh, Steve Dangle will have a fantastic, I'm sure, reaction video. Yeah. Uh, and then I, after I, that, things and then everything turns into um, turns I wor- into a reset. I worry about Steve Steve Dangle's house <laughs> in Oshawa exploding. Uh, I, I love the man, but uh, yeah. you know, I, I think I think the reaction. I'm worried about what happens at Chicatawaga tonight. Nah, <laughs> I heard I heard that if the Leafs don't win, Tim Hortons will have a Leafs donut with no sprinkles because sprinkles are for winners, Mike. Oh, I mean, this is a shame. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's just a shame, like to the rest of the to the Leaf fans and Canadian fans. We know the stretch you're going through, but the rest of us just get to watch this a great game. You know, it's like it's it's fun. It's a, it's such a different. That's the weird thing about the NHL playoffs. You know, it's just like it's so much fun when you're not involved in it. It's so much fun. Like this game is so much fun when you're not involved in it. I mean, I'm pulling for the Leafs too, just because of Mike. Mike's a friend of mine. I want to see Mike win. I'm not a Canadians fan. All right, I grew up a Canadians fan, but I'm pulling for the Leafs. I just I want I want you know. You're not pulling for the Leafs. Will you stop it? He's pulling for positive. As I said it before the show, we're all pulling for a positive. We're looking for a positive. We're looking for a positive, optimistic Michael Ogiello. Sunshine behind him, rainbows over his head. It's all fine. Do not believe we're in the second round. I am. I do. uh, do, Don't believe this. That's my wife. I have been. uh, She's like. She's like. You're a Canadian. I've been pulling for these. I think that they. I like Austin Matthews. I'm a huge Austin Matthews fan. I think, and I'm a Michael Jello fan. I want to see the Leafs win. <laughs> I want to see the Leafs finally win. Yeah, because he thinks I'm going to die if the Leafs lose. No, like, I don't think you're going to. You're die. the one who mentioned the, 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 you know, what was the pills you were talking about? Oh, nitroglycerin <laughs> pills. Oh no, I, I, I hope, like I said, I hope, I hope Rexall and Shoppers Drug Mart have stocked up on nitroglycerin pills for. Oh my time. god. 
They're they, because the no. Leaf fan base is going to be doing like uh, Red Fox and Sanford and Son. Elizabeth. If Montreal wins tomorrow. Eck will have his Montreal jersey on. You won't. I will not. I will not. I totally tell you. And, and this is nothing against Montreal. I think there's like a lot of good players there, and I think they'll be a good team for years to come. And I and I respect Montreal a lot more than I respect the Leafs organization. I'll tell you that right off the bat because of the fact that they've never tanked and they've gone their way. And I hate the tanking issue. But I just tonight for once, I just want these friggin' Leafs to win a game and get. There you go, Mike. You got Eck on your side. How could you lose? And now I'm going to be blamed. Now thanks, thanks, Russ. Russ, he, he, he's had me for two games. He's ready to throw totally me off the bus. Totally screwed me, Russ. You totally screwed me. Thanks <laughs> so, so much. So Eck is going to give all that flyers. Worse than the text that I sent Mike before. Now he's this forever. Now when they lose tonight, it's going to be on me. I've saved that text, Eck. I know. <laughs> I was happy for you then. I, 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 I just. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, enjoy. That's all I can say. It's going to be a fun night. Um, you know, just, you know, it starts, thanks God it starts at seven and not eight, you know, get this thing over with. Let's get this game going. I wanted to start at three if they could. Um, remember without the buzz, it's just hockey. We will talk to you tomorrow with a lot to talk about. I am sure. Mike's postmortem. Mike's no, no, no. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 